Whether you're a first-time poultry owner or looking to expand your flock, you can always use some helpful advice. Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered. With great info and products to help raise healthy birds in-store or online at farmandfleet.com forward slash chick days. Harvest is wrapping up in Wisconsin and now begins the preparations for 2023. I'm Charity Seebecker with the Midwest Farm Report. Steve Nicholson, the Global Sector Strategist for Grains and Oil Seeds at Rabobank, shares more about factors impacting the global commodities outlook for 2023. But first, we talk about the latest economic analysis on the progress and status of U.S. corn and soybean harvest. The good news is harvest is really pretty well wrapped up. You know, I think it's been a real variable harvest. You hear people going, it was a great year. Other people said it was a so-so year and other people, it was a horrible year. So, you know, really bottom line is when you look at what's happening with corn and soybeans, fundamentals are still good, supporting the prices. We're tight on supply. A lot of chatter in the marketplace, a little bit about demand side, high prices to destroy demand. I remind people, I said, we've had high prices now for two years and we haven't seen any sort of pullback in demand. And the other thing people said, well, the USDA is pulling demand back. And I said, okay, let's cut into that a little bit more. So if you look at USDA in their models, they'll go through and the model will get to an ending stocks number. And when that ending stocks number is low, what do you do? Particularly when you've already forecast the supply side, you've got to cut demand. And if you look at what's happened the last several months, the last couple months in WASDI, you're starting to see USDA pick demand back up a little bit. One is they have a little bit more supply, but at the same time, they're picking up demand because they see demand is not going to be that low. So that's the thing. We have low stocks. We still have good demand. And not to get too nerdy, but if you start to look at demand curves and look at the prices where they are and you see where we are today on demand and price and you're like wow and you look at where we were when the price was that high before and the demand was much lower so i won't say price is immaterial but the, the fact is the demand is still there so we are still friendly in the markets for farmers but you know it's just one of those things it's going to be volatile and i know that's kind of where we want to talk about next so what factors are impacting the global commodities outlook for the projection of 2023 so yes the weather has not been cooperative and that's kind of true all over the world in many regions, and we can all kind of walk through that. But for everything we just talked about, if Mother Nature would cooperate, then we'd be okay in the sense that we would see stocks rise, we'd see production rise, but we'd also see a little bit of a downdraft in prices. But that doesn't look very promising right now. So when we look around the globe and we think about what's happening globally, so we know what's happening here, and we'll come back to the U.S. and what the impact of weather's been. Go to South America, had a good start to the season there. I won't say life is perfect, but life is okay there. It's been a little dry in northern Argentina, they've had some rain. We're starting to see some dryness creep into Mato Grosso in Brazil. And this is very similar. If you look at the weather pattern a year ago versus today, start off the same way. We had good weather to start the growing season, good start to the crop, and then the fossils turned off. We hope that doesn't happen for lots of reasons, but I think we have to be careful about that. Europe was very dry this summer. It is still dry in Europe. And the other problem in Europe is going to be what sort of fertilizer will be available to them as we come into the 23 growing season. As you know, many of the nitrogen plants were shut down because of high price of natural gas. Some of them have come back online. That's the good news, but we'll see going forward. You know, the other challenge is Australia. The good news, Australia's had third year of near record crops of wheat and canola, but they can't get it out because the logistics aren't there. And now what's happening in Australia is they've had too much rain in the eastern part, New South Wales and Victoria, and you're starting to see quality detrigation on the wheat market. So a lot more feed wheat than milling quality wheat. So you can see that weather is an impact all the way around the world. And so we'll see what 23 
brings. You know, I'm not a meteorologist, but you know, the fact is the drought continues to move east in the United States, and so that's a concern. Let's go to our favorite part of the world. If you look at what's happening in Ukraine and Russia, it's a horrible situation. And I'll give them all the credit in the world. It's amazing they've planted crops, harvested crops, and even shipped some crops even before the Black Sea Grain Initiative. But I don't know that that's going to continue. How can they continue in a war zone, continue to produce crops going forward? And on top of that, you know, the world's buyers have seen this, obviously, and are very concerned and have started to diversify their supply chain like they should. And so you've seen buyers pull away from Russia or they're still dabbling there, but they're not dabbling as much. So that puts more pressure back on the major exports of corn, wheat, and soybean in the world to make up that difference. And in the case of wheat, that's going to be difficult because the exporters don't have that wheat. They've seen declines in their stocks as well. So the Ukraine-Russian is going to have a long tail on, on agriculture, a long tail on the markets. It's not going to go away anytime soon. So it's going to add to volatility. You know, that's not going to go away either. So it's a horrible situation. We hope it would be cured tomorrow, but I'm afraid it's not going to be. And so it's something we as agriculture as a whole are just going to have to live with it. And it's going to cause a lot more, a lot of price volatility. Well, that's kind of not the negatives, but that is the real life situation and scenario of where we're at. There's always that market volatility, that uncertainty with weather, with current events, that you're putting that crop in in good hope and good faith that you're going to get a good yield and be able to export it and make your money back or more. But what the producer's point of view, what are the market opportunities and margins look like for them? I mean, we talked about the volatility. That's an opportunity. And we've seen the volatility up and down. We'll go back to Black Sea. You know, Russia, I think it's now been almost three weeks, you know, pulled out of the grain agreement and said, ah, you know, you bombed us and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, three days later, they were back in because they got a lot of backlash. So we saw wheat market go 50 cents higher and we saw wheat market go 50 cents lower. So that volatility provides you opportunities. And so we, we want to encourage farmers. And, you know, this is a, a bit of a banker's sermon in some ways, and I'm sure they've heard it, but we always want to emphasize it, is that when those opportunities arise, you need to take a part of them. But first, you have to understand what are your margins? What are your costs? And we know the costs will be higher this year. That's just, again, the reality where we are today. But the market has given you opportunities to lock in margins that are positive. And when we look at 23, what we've seen is that, yes, we know costs are going to be high. But as we see going to 23, we see revenue side, the cost side, or the price side be good to give positive margins. When we started the analysis back in late spring, early summer, we were like, well, it's going to be break even, maybe some negative margins for corn and soybean producers. But as we've gone through the year and seen the prices, we see that revenue side good to give good margins. But the, the message is understand that margin, know exactly where you need to be. And when that opportunity rises, you know, hit the single, to use a baseball analogy, hit that single, or we could use, we could use a, a Packer analogy, you know, hit that, that short pass to get that first down, um, you know, rather than try to go for the home run. And, you know, you hit a lot of singles or short passes, eventually, you know, you run a run in or you get a touchdown. So um, that's really what we want to encourage producers to think about and be a little bit more just watch that market closely. That's the other thing. This is not a market to be walk away for a month and then say, oh, it'll be fine. You've got to be paying attention. Um, and if you're not, make sure you have someone paying attention for you. And don't be afraid if you need, I don't know, um, if your cost of corn production is over $5 and you need, you know, you'd like to get $5.50 or $5.75, then don't be afraid to put that order in because it might get hit sometime when you're not paying attention. And then you're, and I know you go, oh, I could have gone higher. Nope. 
you've locked in a margin, and you're, you can't go broke making a profit. And, you know, I think generally we've covered a lot of the, the major high spots. I think the one thing I would say, and it kind of goes back to the, you know, paying attention to the market. When we think about, and we've hit some of the moving parts, but there's so many moving parts in this market, more than I've seen in my career, except maybe the farm crisis 1980s. And the other challenge here is not only are moving parts, but the speed of the moving parts. This is happening so fast. I mean, think about Russia pulling out of the grain and three days later they're back in. And I had to do a presentation and the presentation was to talk about them pulling out and what that meant for the agreement going forward. Well, before I made the presentation, they were back in. So just encourage that there's so much going on so fast you have to keep up. That was Steve Nicholson, the global strategist for grains and oil seeds at Rabobank. To learn more about the 2023 outlook and other items that he mentioned, go to research.rabobank.com. From the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Charity Seebecker.